I mean, honestly, I may have come up with a solution that I didn't even think about. Because okay. that is the future right now. But if I can figure out how to do it, That's how to make it work, I mean, it would take some training. But I think there's a possibility I could I could end up making some money on on the deal. I mean, that would be why you'd want to do it. It's right? either that or it needs to be a cartoon series that I create. I don't know which one it's going to be. That is a pretty magic. I would actually watch that. Oh, crap. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Hello, everyone. <laughs> This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Stillen. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network, and available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. And I do want to thank everybody who goes to funemploymentradio.com and clicks on the Amazon link right there at the top of the page. Great way to support the show. If you're going to be going there anyway, why not stop off at funemploymentradio.com first? And then click on the Amazon link. Right. Just mm-hmm. make a little side trip. It takes you just a second, but it helps out the show. It's a little side mission that helps Tremendously. us out. A side mission? A side mission. You want to turn it into a mission? It is, because it's a mission to, you know, help us. Yeah, that's true. Help you. Okay, I guess we can. It's a lot easier. Sure. Yeah. All right, that might work. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, anyway, go to funemploymentradio.com, click on the Amazon link. That is, uh, once again, we thank everybody who does that. All right. I got a few things on my mind, and I'm going to say this right out of the gate just to start off. I've got some kind of weird allergy thing going on, so I've got a little bit of a bubble brain so happening. So do I. I'm like super itchy, and I like feel very spacey. I don't think it's sick sick, but I think it's definitely some sort of allergy thing. We need to edit this just so it's you saying, I feel super itchy. And we'll just have that as part of what the what it was right there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's there's something weird in the air here, um, and I'm pretty sure at the building I work at downtown, I was fine until they turned on the air in there. Ew, and you have that same like recycled air for like that, yeah. you know, monstrosity for of thousands of people. Oh, God, thousands you're all of people. Ooh, yeah, that's I don't know. So good. I know that's what I'm kind of thinking about. But anyway, oh, you're going into like a petri dish like every day. I am. I don't. I'm not sick though. I don't. I do not feel sick. I didn't wake up sick. It really is like some kind of allergic reaction thing that I have going on. I just don't know what it's to. But as soon as they turn on the air, that's, that's what, what I what noticed. I mean, that's what I kind of put the correspondence to. But I could be wrong. But the coincidence is pretty pretty big. So I think maybe there's something there. Anyway. Whatever it is I'm breathing in. Um, I do have a bit of a bubble brain, so I'm just going to explain that. Uh, that. But I have a few things I want to get I want to get out of here. So one of them is this. It's an idea that I had today. And it was a little bit based off a little bit of a discussion I had over the weekend. But I put it out on Twitter today because of the fact that I used to live next door to Method Neighbors. I own a home in southeast oh, Portland. God. And uh, I live on a corner lot there, and I used to have these meth head neighbors who live next door to me, which if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know about eight years of the show, I would give sporadic updates of my meth head neighbors who eventually moved out. They were replaced by the Russian mafia, and now just rats live there. So that's where we have black services to keep the rats at bay. (laughs) It really has. It's gone from meth heads to mafia to, to rats. That's, and that's true. You do use black pest services to keep them out keep of your the, kingdom. They keep the rats at bay. They keep Greg with the nibble <laughs> rat free. Yes, so far, so good. So so there's all of Oh, someone's asking in the chat, do you uh live in a con- do you also have a converted attic? I do. I have an attic that's converted into a bedroom and that's where oh, okay. I live. So it's like upstairs, but it runs the whole length of the house. So you're it's a little like, like attic dweller. Yeah, it's kinda like my house. own apartment, basically. Yeah, in in the converted attic. And then I've got a roommate I rent a room to, and he's he's on the first floor oh, with okay. a dog named Dolly. Uh, so there's there's all that. But yes, just to clarify, if anybody has any questions about my house, feel free to, to ask me, and I will I will gladly let you know. Anyway, back to the next door meth head uh, people. Uh, so they were there again, allergies. So they lived next door forever, and I got to witness their behavior for many years. As yeah. I've talked about before, I'm basically a National Geographic expert That's when it comes true. You to- you did analyze them for many years. Oh, yeah. The behaviors of the urban method, I could write a novel on that. You could that. emulate the walk. 
Uh, can, yep. The language. The language. The look. Yeah. Oh, I could do all of it. I yeah. mean, I could write a dissertation on this. You could make a very easy breezy transition to um, appearing to be a meth head. Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't think I want to get into the meth side of things, but if I wanted to go for that look, like if that look ever became like a popular look, like urban meth head look, I would be able, I would be a very fashion forward individual because I would, I would know how to completely emulate all the of it. The urban method. The urban method. You I know? mean, that could be a fashion thing at some point. You never know. You never know. Yeah, it could be. There's like heroin chic. You could be, yeah, urban method. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I definitely know how to pull off that look. And and I think that I could do a good job. Also, just the fact that, you know, I got to witness their behaviors, you know, the different types. You have the cleaner. You have the alpha. You know, you got the, the betas that go in there. So there's just all kinds of different ones, you know, that they, they all fall into different categories. And uh, if there were to be a documentary, I would want to be the one who narrates that. And narrates just explains, it. Would like, you want to, like, interview them, all too? All right. In the wild now, we see the urban meth head Alpha surveying his lair, his land of broken lawnmowers and old motor parts lay sprawled, sprawled before him. Many, many tarps. Yeah, many tarps. The, the number of tarps indicates the status symbol that the meth head has in his mm. society, which is called a scab. A scab of meth heads. And with the alpha there... Oh, gross. I forgot about that. <laughs> and as the alpha disassembles and orders others to disassemble cars or boats in front of their house or old lawnmowers, there is always the cleaner. The cleaner comes along furious with a brush to clean up the mess and remove the evidence if it is in front of their house. If not, no, the cleaner is not necessary. So the cleaner is the one that moves the car on the blocks, like, in front of the next house. Nope, nope. Well, they could. They could. But mostly what the cleaner does, from what my... Um, observations were when they would disassemble a car on the street and you know they're just like throwing stuff out the cleaner comes along with a brush and just furiously brushes and and puts things in piles like just moves stuff around puts it in piles so it's you know clean in the cleaner why don't you just call them the piler well that's just part of what they do because usually it's from again from my observations there was a cleaner next door and he had a big like a big long you know sweeping broom and he would sit there like a shop broom and he would he would push stuff with his shop room and clean it, if you will. Clean up the, the crime okay. scene. Yeah, okay. so that's the cleaner. And anyway, it's it's a whole thing, you know, that goes on. Oh, yeah, it's the hierarchy. When you're dealing with them. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, you know, observing them. Like, so the Alpha would, you know, lay out. He was the guy who had, there was a shed in the backyard. <laughs> and then what he would do is he would lay on top of the shed. They put a mattress up on top of it. So he would lay upon that, like, in the summer with his shirt off. And it's per- in perfect direct line of eyesight from out my kitchen window. So I have no choice but to stare at this shirtless man on a mattress on top of a shed. <laughs> like laying on his stomach. Laying on his stomach. The creepiest thing. Overlooking. Seeing any grown man laying on their stomach in any, you know, unless that's somebody that you, that you were with or something. But, I mean. Right. But seeing somebody like just laying there on their stomach is just never a pleasant view. Really? Yeah. I mean, this I mean, wasn't a pleasant it, think view. Think of any man that you've ever just seen laying on his stomach. Like, ugh. <laughs> I feel like they're wriggling around and doing something they shouldn't. Oh God! Well, I didn't even think about that. But yes, he would. He would sit there and like overlook everything. There was the summer of Tarp City. Also, where you had a bunch of tarps. Um, I remember talking about that on the show, where they strung them all together in the backyard using my oh. fence as one of the base points. One of the hitching posts. One of the hitching posts <laughs> for giant tarp city. I forgot city. about tarp city. Oh, yeah. And then they just loaded it full of junk underneath the thing. And then they would they would hang out there. I think some people stayed under it. Like That's where they would hang out during the summer. 
like that was that was oh, one of those things. Okay, we've got some questions actually coming in about my time next to meth heads. Uh, where did the barking girl fit in the order of things? So oh, she, um, God, this memory lane today, meth memory lane. She, she was terrifying. Um, she was she was the wild card. Right. I would say the wild card when it comes to the meth heads. And the reason she was scary is she was not afraid of anyone. Like usually. Usually there's a way like they're ultimately they don't want to get busted by police. So they kind of try to stay to themselves, mm-hmm. even though they just can't help but be annoying to everybody around them. She didn't care. She would walk around barefoot. The fearless ones are the scariest. Oh, yeah. yeah. She would walk around barefoot back and forth down the sidewalk in front of my house. And there was one time what they used to do is they would fill their thing like the garbage cans full of garbage and junk. And then they would move it just over onto my side of the property and leave it. So oh, then it's yeah. my problem now, and it was so, so damn annoying. And I remember moving it back over to their side one time, and then finally I just went and knocked on the door. I'm like, yeah, you guys got a bunch of trash that uh, you keep moving on to my property. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not ours. I don't know where it came from. I'm like, I, I remember talking to them too. I'm just like, okay, come on. Just let's let's not do this. Just don't move it onto my property. <laughs> well, Greg, now and, talking about this, it makes Dennis not seem so bad. <laughs> Oh, Dennis is a whole other thing. We'll get to Dennis. Um, but that, then that, that woman, that's the one who came out and just like straight up confronted me to where I thought she was going to hit me. She's like, it's that five fucking drunk and you got to keep it on your fucking memory. And like just saying all this shit to me and while barefoot, like marching down the sidewalk at me, she's, she scared me. Oh, yeah. Way more than any other ones. And then she's also the one that, yeah, would walk around on their roof um, in the middle of the day, like walking in circles and then would bark at Butters, my dog. Uh, over and over to where I came out one time and Butters is barking. I'm like, what's going on? It's like, oh, no, it's just a woman on a roof barking at my dog. <laughs> like, my dog's actually doing the right thing in this situation yeah. by barking back. It's uh, it's the human who's being the asshole. So, yeah, there's there's her. She fit in there. All kinds of things that went on with this. I mean, I could I could seriously write a book about it. Um, I have thought about doing that, though. My, my urban guide, my <laughs> urban field guide, my field guide to the urban meth head. That's what I would really want to work up but anyway <laughs> i love bubblehead greg it's by the way. total bubblehead that's a lot of tangents going on here <laughs> all right uh, yeah so but oh, oh continue about the methods well Did yeah we do all of the different ones um well no we didn't do all of them because there's enforcers there's there's all kinds of different ones that fall into that there was the guy with the weird growth oh uh lumpy. he was lumpy yeah lumpy was I real mean lumpy in years Lumpy, oh, and they, he's got a name. We ended up looking him up online. He's got this track record for years and years and years. And I mean, I'm just going to say he had some kind of infected something on his face that grew to be like the, bigger than a golf ball. It was like the size of like a baseball. Yeah, where you need medical attention. It would probably, I mean, I don't think it's something that's fatal. It's probably you just need to go in and get on some medication, get rid of that thing. Uh, but he did not. Oh, God. Oh, it's grossing me out just talking about Oh, that. so gross. So gross. And he was the one who would used to always glare at me. He'd sit there, like, I'd be standing standing in front of my own house, and he'd walk by and do just the angry, like, glare, and then spit on the sidewalk and walk past me. And I'm like, what the fuck was that for? Oh, wow. Like, what is going on there? Well, with all of these wonderful different types of uh, human meth heads yeah. that live here in Portland, what did you propose that we do <laughs> okay. about this? Here's my key thing. What I'm saying is... Uh, I think that, you know, I, I also work for a company where we talk about technology a lot at, at Digital Trends. And there's a big issue with space debris. 
Like, do you know what space debris, what I mean by that? Stuff floating in space? Yeah, basically. So there's space two- Space garbage, right? Space, space garbage. Yeah, space, there's too many satellites okay. up there. And, and there's all these dead satellites or ones that have broken apart. And so each little tiny piece of each one of those satellites could be enough to like drastically take something down because they're traveling at about 12,500 miles an hour. So even if it's a tiny little speck, like the size of a pebble, it could still do massive damage to something. Oh. So there's a big issue of cleaning all of that up. And they're trying to figure out how to do it. I'm saying this, if we could somehow, you know, after seeing how much work my meth heads could do of, uh, of, of cleaning up and like stripping things, because they're always they after metal, so quickly, they yeah. can do it so fast. Very if we efficient. just gave them a base level of technology to get them into space, you know, then you, then you let them go to work. I mean, they can just harvest stuff. They can take the wiring out of it. You know, they'd have to figure out what they do after that. But I'm just saying it could be a very valuable workforce. And, and so you know, provide some idea income. So your idea to help with space trash is to get meth heads uh-huh. space yes. trained. Yes. And then send them out there where they can collect space junk because it's made of metal. There it is. I think you figured it out. I mean, this is why I'm saying it's genius and nobody's – I mean, I could be the Elon Musk of space meth, if that makes any sense space at all. Space meth heads. So, <laughs> space meth heads. Like, that's it. You know, you get them up there and then they just start harvesting these satellites. It's free metal for them. You know, they got to get, little do they know, you can't really take it back down. I mean, it's going to burn up in the atmosphere, but they don't need to know <laughs> that. They don't have to know about that. They just, I mean, maybe they just like the chase. Tell them, yeah, and just tell them, it's like, we're going to put you up here in space, but don't you go collect those satellites now, those dead satellites. We don't want you doing that. And you get that in their head, boom, they're going to go do it. Wow. They're going to go collect those satellites because you told them not to. I mean, I just think this is a really great idea, and I feel like it's not being... People aren't tapping into the resources. What do you think would be the first step to get meth heads in space? <laughs> well, you got to tell them. You see, you have to put it on the download. You have to be like, like make them think that there's something illegal about it. Be like, dude, did you hear about all that metal up there in space? Like, I know, I know this start one saying guy. That really loud on the streets. No, and then you got to be like, I know one guy, like my cousin Tim, like his buddy. Uh, his buddy Steve, he went up into space and got a bunch of them satellites. And dude, he took them to the pawn shop. They were worth tons. He bought himself oh, a Camaro with it, you know. And then you say that, and then they'll be like, "Well, what? That's if you have I a Camaro, go- you can get a lot of meth." Oh wow! And uh, and that's you know, you start spreading the rumor like that. But but you know, the feds don't want you to do it because they're saying it's illegal. But there ain't nobody up there monitoring it. It's not like a cop can drive by when you're up there in space, bro. Like they ain't gonna know about it. So then, boom, you've set the precedent of you, there's a friend of a friend who was successful with it. There was um, the fact that, you know, they don't want you to do it, which means it must be something oh, pretty yeah. cool if they don't yeah. want you to. It's but, like the whole reverse psychology thing. Yeah. You know, like, why don't they want me to? The They're not the boss of me. I'm going to get me some space satellites. And then on top of that, you have to, uh, then you establish the fact that there's not much, there's, there's nobody really monitoring it. Oh, Cops yeah. don't have spaceships, bro. They can't get up there. They ain't going to see mm-hmm. it. And so then you've established those three things, and then you let them up there. You know, you've got to give them some so get, space training. But Do you uh, give them um, some space meth? Oh, definitely. Definitely. To keep them, uh-huh. keep them interested? You have to keep some space meth up there for sure. Like there's a guy that will sell them space meth, but he'll really work for the government, but it will be fine. So you keep them, you know, wired up, but just not too much. Because you want to keep them motivated. Yes, because that's what's going to happen is that meth heads will, in space will pace themselves. The thing is, oh, that's the other thing. They could bring these satellites, you know, the space debris, and they bring it to a guy they know. And that guy, you know, hooks them up with some more meth, and they keep bringing it back and 
boom, eventually we've got it all cleaned up. Space methods. This is my solution. You're trying to find any fault in the logic, but there isn't any. Yeah, it's it's flawless. It's pretty flawless. Yeah. Pretty I incredible. I don't think I can poke any holes in that. No, I know I realize that. I realize that. Wow. Space methods. Space methods. That's a solution to space junk. Um, again, I'd like to revisit the fact that Greg is kind of crazy right now and has some sort of weird allergy thing going on. Yeah. He took allergy medication for it, and I think it's making him a little loopy. I did take some. I'm reading. <laughs> so I'm reading the list they wrote. Okay. And then, yeah, that's uh, all about- With like, the list for the thing. show? Yeah, and it says, I have allergies. <laughs> and then what is this elevator thing? Oh, that's something else. It's really gross. Ew. I don't know if I can handle really gross today. Um, I mean, it's not real gross, but it involves a sound I would have to make that's a little uncomfortable. I'd have to imitate the sound in order to really convey oh, this story. Oh, clearing something? Or? No, no. It's something that happened in the elevator with for me on Friday. All right. What kind of noise? Now you're making me nervous. Kind of a smacking noise. A smacking noise? Yes. Okay. Okay. I mean, I could make the noise for you, and then you could guess what it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is what happens when I'm on allergy medication. Okay. Do you want me to make? You want me to make the noise? Make the noise. I what don't. do you think that noise is? I don't know. I wasn't the one making the noise. I'm imitating the noise that I heard. Okay, that's enough of the noise. Okay, there. That's the noise. What do you think was that noise like was? Somebody stuck to something and they like <laughs> unadhered no. themselves. No, nobody was stuck to anything. Was someone like cupping their hands and trying to make like no, no. noises? No, nobody did that. Again, I wasn't the one doing this in the elevator. Um, this is just this is is someone, noise. okay. So this is a guess. The guess is in the <laughs> okay. chat. Uh, Mike All says, right. "Was uh, it someone sucking on a mint?" Uh no. Uh, it's being asked, were you undressed in the elevator again? I was not undressed in the elevator. Oh, there was one time that I accident my fly was down on accident, but uh, no. Oh, no, that was because I was putting on my belt. That's what it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would have looked bad. So it's multiple times now that you've... No, 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 no. That's not, the, that's not it. Again, I had nothing to do with this. I was merely a witness or a victim, depending on how you look at it. I don't know. You can't figure out what that sounds like? I mean, it sounds like you're, like, kissing something. Ah. (gasps) Aha. What was it? You are along the lines. So let me explain what happened. Uh, We have a parking garage, you know, when I go downtown, and I I go to the parking garage, blah, 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 walk over to the elevator. There's nobody around, and I'm like, okay, cool. Nobody's here. I'm on, like, the sixth floor. Got to go down to the first to get out of the building. I'm standing there. Not really paying attention to what's going on around me, and all of a sudden behind me, I hear that noise. <sniffs> Only multiple times Ew. in a row. Okay. Like the noise, and then like half a second, and then the noise, and then like a second, and then the noise again. And I look around, and there standing next to me, within about four feet, is a couple, an oh. older couple. Older meaning I don't know how I, I would guess they're in their older than than me in their fifties we'll say okay fifties or sixties and they're standing there and this dude he's taller than the than this woman that he's with and he keeps leaning over 
and kissing her on the mouth and making that loud, <laughs> disgusting noise. He does it once and then he looks at her, I love you, and then does it again. Oh, that's kind of sweet. And then does it again. No, but it's so loud. It's That's <laughs> unnecessarily no, that loud. like something I would not want to be trapped in a small space. It's not like but. they're, well, I didn't get to that part yet because that's what I'm saying is what happened next. This is when they're standing next to me and then we get in the elevator. Oh, this wasn't even, they were just doing that? They were doing every- that, they were doing that outside the elevator while I'm waiting for it to go down. I'm just like, oh God, that's gross, but okay. Fine, whatever. I get in the elevator. They get in after me. I'm like, great. We're in an enclosed place. Surely they're going to be. It's just all businesses pretty much? Well, no, this is in the parking garage. Okay. Parking garage. So, I mean, anybody can park there. And this is a metal elevator. And like I said, parking garage. So it's not like it's it's just you're very close quarters. And sounds are very loud in there. And nobody ever talks in there. Ever. Nobody's talking to another person because we're all just either parking or or like you know, we're all just trying to commute and get where we're going. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a it's not a talking elevator. But I get in there. It's a commuter elevator. And I'm like, okay, well, surely you know, whatever. That was gross outside. Surely they're not going to do that in here. No, they did it the entire way down, <laughs> all six floors, making that noise as it echoes next to me. It's like I'm part of it. I basically feel like I'm in the middle of it because they're right behind me. I mean, right next to me. And they just keep doing it with that noise echoing in a metal tin box. And it's just so... That's really rude. It was really rude. (laughs) I mean... I mean, it was loud. It was loud. Yeah. Is that rude? I think it's... I think it is. See, now I'm seeing Keelan apparently is all for it. I'm looking here in the chat. Keelan is all for people making out in the elevator. But I'm... And, and, you know, and looks like uh, some other people... Well, some other people share my opinion, but Keelan's for it. So what are you, are you for that? Do you think no, it's No, I fine? would not like to. I mean, hand-holding or because like, I don't want to hear like somebody smacking around while I'm just trying to get That's from point thing, to point That's the thing, man. B. It's the noise like, on top of it. Like, you hold off for like 30 seconds. They do not need to be making out in the elevator while I'm going down, like right next to them. Like seriously, I'm in the middle of their little love fest and it's just like, it's so, so annoying. Um... Yeah. So I'm right. So I'm, you know, basically involved. I'm pretty much in a relationship with them at this point. Oh, yeah. You know. No, you guys have been through a lot. Together. Yeah. I, I might as well move in. <laughs> and we get to the bottom. And I did. I did, you know, at that point, because I was just kind of in disbelief. Just like, this is really happening. And it was the whole way, multiple, multiple times. And he kept doing the lean in and then lean out and then lean in and then lean out. And lean in and just each time with that loud noise, that loud, <laughs> wet noise. And <laughs> and when I finally got down to the bottom, I'm just, I, I did, as I walked away, I was just like, Jesus. And then walked away, which was very passive aggressive of me um, to do that. But well, still. You are a Portlander. That's true. I am very much a Portlander. Uh, see, yeah, Keelan does bring up a good point. So that's why God made earbuds. Well, I didn't think I needed earbuds just going from the <laughs> parking my car. Sorry, I I feel like you know there is a little bit of trust of shared space when that situation, like. And then every like horror movie that you're thinking about that uh, when the elevator gets stuck and that would be the time when you get stuck. Oh, I would have been like, the one with that those snapped. Two people. I would have been the one that snapped is what would have happened. Uh, Mike says, "Why are you so uptight, Greg?" Uh, Tony says, "Greg, there were swingers waiting, wanting you to join." I don't know. Maybe that makes me uptight, but man. It was so gross, so <laughs> gross. So that's that's anyway. That's what that note was about. I wouldn't like loud smacking noises. In a small <laughs> it's so space. loud, bodily smacking, wet noises. 
are just not necessary when you're sharing a, in a shared space like an elevator. They could wait six floors to resume their their love. Yeah, their loving love. Really, I mean, <laughs> really, I think that's I think that's what you should do. That's my opinion on it, but it clearly, you know. I love how people aren't agreeing. They're like, great. No, there are people that definitely don't agree. Mr. Jenke agrees with me. Uh, Keelan's all for free love wherever you wherever you can get it, apparently. Um, and then uh, <laughs> Mike's ready to join, too. I'm taking a look here just in our live chat for our, for the members of our um, supporters club. I feel like that needs to be put to some sort of test. If someone's saying that they're okay with this. They have to like, go. I wish we could stage it somehow, like when we knew. You'd like, have to when, stage it because it's know, strangers like when, and you don't know it's If we coming. knew, like, when Keelan was going to be going into an elevator and then, like, get put to a, people he doesn't know. Uh, put a makeout couple right next yeah. to him where he has to stand there and ride down the elevator. Uh-huh. Yeah. With them and see how he reacts. Oh, man. I don't know. Well, free love. But, uh, but that, anyway, yeah, I'm not knocking on their love, but, man, that's gross. That's gross. Their love is disgusting. That should pretty much be <laughs> to themselves. <laughs> then again, I am a big uh, anti-PDA uh, person anyway. I'm not, I'm not big into PDA. So when I'm involved in it, when I become a I'm member sorry, of your bro. group. <laughs> How you doing? Where am I? Hello, my friends. My name is Sarah X. Dillon. I'm pulling the ripcord on that. Welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy. <laughs> First up, I did not know that this was this could be a thing that would actually be something. That doesn't make any sense. I think that your bubble brain is catching. Tupac Shakur's car that he was murdered in is now for sale in Vegas. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Yeah, so the car that Tupac was riding when he was shot and killed in Las Vegas is on the auction block, so it's a BMW that's been bought and sold several times since he died in 1996. Uh, The most recent owner restored it to the condition it was in before he was shot. So that happened on September 7th, 1996. Uh, The car is being sold for $1.75 million. Wow. Why would you want that? that? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of weird reason would you... I don't know. I don't know why you would want that. That seems just I mean, very some people, I guess, strange. You know, are obsessed with serial killers and death and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, but why do you want? Uh, ugh, I don't know. That just seems kind of gross. gross. Like love. <laughs> it's about about that gross. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, if you're interested in spending 1.75 million dollars on this car, don't do it with something else. If you have that much money, buy something better than that. Um, but anyway, so it's been fully restored, has 121,000 miles on it. So if you want to even uh, consider buying it, a deposit of $20,000 is required, and the buyer must sign a confidentiality agreement. Why? I don't know. So I don't know if you like can't say. Why would you buy that and not tell anybody you have it? What would the point be? That would be extra super weird. It's all weird. Like what? You just keep it at your house and go out and look at it? Like, oh, that's the, like ew. Ew. I don't like it. Wow. Greg doesn't like something. Next. <laughs> Next up, a Wisconsin man is in the news after he has a custom home built for his giant Indiana Jones collection. So he's been collecting. Hi. Yeah. Uh, who's been collecting Indiana Jones memorabilia for more than 35 years, actually had to build a second home, a second custom home to fit all of his treasures. Wow. 
Michael T. Miller, 49, says his collection began with a collector's edition of VHS, um, VHS of Raiders of the Lost Ark. His parents bought him when he was 14. And three decades, uh, decades later, he's had uh, Warner Homes build him a custom home in Wilson, which is in Sheboygan County. I love that word. Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Uh, to fit his now massive tribute to the film series and its star, actor Harrison Ford. Do you ever wonder if people, if Harrison Ford is, like, aware of this guy? If he's on, like, some list, like, maybe he shouldn't come close to me. Oh, well, or his security is at least aware. Yeah. Well, the house, um, the house's Indiana Jones room features a 19-foot ceiling, special stud work for stability, custom-made cabinets, and special environmental controls for temperature and humidity. So the room contains posters, hats, media passes, cardboard cutouts, tote bags, and even an Indiana Jones pinball machine. So he doesn't have any records for his collection, so the exact number of items and the total worth of it is unknown, but he says he's paid up to $5,000 for a single item. He also has an Indiana Jones tattoo. Multiple Indiana Jones tattoos. That's, you know, you're into what you're into. Yeah. Seems like a lot. He said a plaque inside of his home states that the collection is dedicated to actor Harrison Ford. He says he does not plan to collect any items for future Indiana Jones films unless Harrison Ford is involved. Huh. Yeah, I'm going to guess that's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to guess Harrison Ford is not going to be knocking down his door anytime soon. Hey, buddy. Hey, pal. Heard you have a big Indiana Jones collection. I mean, it's flattering. Yeah. Until he tries to, you know, murder him and wear a Harrison Ford skin suit. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be in my collection now, Harrison Ford. And finally, have an update um, from that South African man. We talked about him a few weeks back, he has now retreated after 78 days from living in a barrel on top of a pole. It's the barrel guy. The barrel guy. The barrel guy. A South African man who broke his own Guinness record for staying in a barrel atop a pole finally has returned to solid ground after 78 days. So Vernon Kruger descended the 82-foot pole in Dolstrom after spending 78 days, 23 hours, and 14 minutes. Why didn't he just... Spend the last 46 minutes in there, and then it would have been 79 days. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that does seem kind of strange. Uh, in like the 132-gallon barrel at the top of the pole, he was airlifted from his his perch via a helicopter. Oh, I wouldn't want to be stuck in something that you have to be airlifted to and from. That freaks me out. No. Uh, so he first set the record in uh, 1997 when he spent 67 days in a barrel atop of a pole, and this time he stayed 11 days longer after breaking his own record. So he said that he stayed the extra time to make the record more difficult for the next person to break. He does not intend to attempt to break his own record yes, again. Yes, because I'm sure so many people are trying to break that Clamoring record. Clamoring to time in a his, barrel. His barrel on a pole Guinness record. It kind of makes me want to beat his barrel on a pole record. Just because of his Just cavalier because. attitude about it? <laughs> Just because he's so like, nobody can beat my barrel nobody on can a do pole. It. Barrel guy. That's a long time in a barrel. Yeah, that's over two months. Like, why? I just don't understand. Like, when did he? When did he come up with yeah, that? Yeah, who plan? comes up with that? Like, when did you just sit there one day and you like, know what? oh, I think I'm gonna break a barrel on on a I pole. Could sit, I could probably stay in a barrel for a long time. But what if the barrel was elevated? Like what if we put it on high. a pole? Holy crap! I bet I could do 60, 70 days in there. I still am wondering how everything worked in the barrel. That's I know. Yeah, there had to be. You gotta have a big team down below. Otherwise, it's very... You wouldn't want to be anywhere near that barrel. Ew. 
I mean, that's just, it just facts. Boring and gross. you don't want to be anywhere near that thing. No. The wind. <laughs> no, and we did that contest when we did survive it and drive it, which mm-hmm. was um, a kid, like a shitty radio stunt that we had to do back when we were in radio. Yep. I mean, that car after four days. Oh like, yeah. That smell. I'll never forget that. Oh, smell. it smelled so bad. That smell is the worst smell. Oh my god. Yeah, they should have just taken that barrel and dropped it straight into the ocean or something. I don't know. Who are you? (laughs) After he's done with it. Nobody wants to use that barrel for anything. Okay. Bubble brain. All right. Send us an email, funemploymentradio, gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. You did hear me break them up earlier, but I want to mention again that Black's Past Services is a fine sponsor of Fun Employment Radio, and we do appreciate their service. It's blackspestservices.com. Go there, sign up, and or actually just give them a call and have them come on out and inspect your property. Yes, and they will keep your property rent free like they Greg's will. nipple. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. They keep them at bay for me. And I do appreciate them very much. So BlacksPestServices.com, a big thank you to them. Um, also, tomorrow's show will be a little bit later than normal for you live listeners. Probably more like 2.30 or 3. Sarah, is that okay? 2.30 or 3? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. Uh, so Because I, I have to do another broadcast tomorrow at 11 a.m. It might be a long time, and I don't know. Okay. But I'll be doing that for the Samsung. And also tell people if they live here in Portland where they could see you tomorrow morning. No, uh, that'll be next week. Oh, okay. You're not doing it tomorrow. Not doing it tomorrow. Okay. Next week. I have been uh, invited to be a tech correspondent on Coin Television, which is Channel 6 here, which is the CBS and and CW station. And uh, it's for a new morning show on there. And so I'm going to be doing some occasional... Poppins. Stops by the studio. And I did one last Tuesday. I didn't say anything about it because I was waiting for it to actually happen first. Oh my god, we never talked about that. Oh, we can talk about that tomorrow. Okay. I totally forgot about that. If you saw me and you didn't recognize me, it may be that uh, you don't, didn't recognize. Don't ruin it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Save it for tomorrow. I will. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Each and every one of you, thanks for putting up with my... Whatever's going on in my head right now. Yes. You're all awesome. We'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. .com. Bye, friends. Don't. I so, so gross. I know I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Ew.